welcome to this week's episode of Don't Go Broke Trying. I'm your host, Rennie. And on this podcast, we talk about money, money, money. And we talk about it in a way that's fun and accessible. And we give tips so that you don't go broke trying to live your life. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about how not to go broke getting a university education. And my guest for today is a very special person. And I'm really excited to introduce her. So today we have Dilapa on the podcast. And Dilapa is a tech babe, a consultant, a speaker, a DEI advocate, and she received $25,000 in grants for professional development and $50,000 in academic scholarships. So I'm excited to talk to her about how she went to university and graduated without debt. So hi Dilapa, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you here. (laughs) (laughs) And you came all the way from Montreal. Yes, Yes. Uh, MTL babe. Yes, MTL babe, tech babe, all the babes. (laughs) (laughs) So would you like to maybe introduce yourself a little, tell the people about you? Yeah, for sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is um, Dolakwa Fadare. I am a Nigerian Canadian. As Renny said, yeah, I work in tech, doing sales and marketing. And super excited to have a conversation here today about like school, how to go to school without paying too much money. And also, I think just like having fun and like creating a path for your own education, because I think like, Education is fun, but it can be a drag. Like, it can be very boring. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I'm not going back to be very No. <laughs> and so, like, how can you actually use, like, you know, education and, like, resources that are available to, like, kind of create your own path and, like, what you want to do? Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. I hope you guys are are listening and take notes because I think you'll, you'll, you'll have some notes to take after listening to this episode. I'm very excited to say this podcast is brought to you in partnership with Lemonade Finance. If you don't know already, Lemonade is the platform I have been partnering with for over a year now, and they are doing the damn thing when it comes to sending money internationally. Lemonade is a mobile app that allows users in Canada and the UK to send money to Ghana, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Senegal, Benin, Cameroon, Tanzania, Rwanda, and Kenya at zero fee. Yes, I said zero fee. And not only are there no fees, but the transfers are sent in minutes. People I've sent money to in Nigeria have received funds in just one or two minutes. It's really quick. You can use my referral code XORENI to sign up. And if you're in Canada, you'll get 10% cash back when you make a single transfer of 100 Canadian dollars or more to supported African countries. If you're in the UK, you'll get 10% cash back capped at 50 pounds when you make a single transfer of 100 pounds or more to supported African countries. And if you're not in Canada or the UK, don't worry, I didn't forget you. They are growing rapidly and will likely be in your country soon. Again, if you want to sign up, you can use my code or you can use the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to this week's episode. So Dilapa, I like to start all my episodes off with an icebreaker. Okay. And the icebreaker for today, well, every day, it's going to be the same icebreaker, but we're going to do a Renny Rated segment. Okay. And this basically, if you don't know, those listening, Renny Rated are products that I really love and I'm liking right now. Products, services, anything really. So I Mm. want to ask you, what is a product that you are really loving right now or a service or anything? What are you really loving right now? Oh my goodness. This is a great question. (laughs) Ooh. It's That's hard. hard. It's hard. <laughs> I feel like maybe I should prepare. I, I want to keep it a secret, but then I'm like, maybe I should prepare my guests so they no, have something. <laughs> but okay, I will say one thing that I'm really liking right now. Um, okay, because like the first thing that jumped in my head was like material girl. <laughs> but but I'm not like someone who shops often mm-hmm. at all. But what I do indulge in is like food I'm as you. well as like traveling I'm with so you. we are the same person <laughs> yeah. so what I really like love right now is like um what's it called hopper and sky um scanner yeah, yeah. just to kind of like sauce out like where do I want to go next mm-hmm. um and things like that so that would be I would say things I really 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 like I'm right now you. yeah I'm with you on that one I really yeah. like Especially Skyscanner, I think it's a, a great app and more people should get into it because you can get some cheap flights on there. Pretty good cheap yeah. flights, yeah. Especially when you do the function, it's like go anywhere. Like you can find 
dirty flight. Yep. I literally did that and I was um now I'm going to Colombia in Ooh, May. Oh, I actually went there. Yeah, it was amazing. I'll give you tips after the okay, podcast. Yes. Do you know where you're going? What part? Uh, Cartagena. Ooh, beautiful. That, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You have you have a good time. I'm excited. Okay. So, we're going to get into the interview now and I have a lot of questions prepared for you. First one, I like to start off all my interviews asking about your childhood because mm-hmm. I think it's one thing to talk about money to people, but we need to know the, like where you came from, the you know, the, the source. Yeah. So tell us, what was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. How was your relationship with money growing up? Those sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. And, and thanks for asking. I think um, de- definitely set a, a foundation for me. And so childhood growing up. So I lived nine years of my life first in Nigeria and Lagos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moved to Canada in 2007. So it's hilarious because, like, my memory is terrible. <laughs> so I will say, like, from, like, nine years, I don't really remember much from Nigeria ex- except, like, having a view of it from, like, that very, like, childhood, like, naive view. Mm-hmm. Um, but my relationship with money growing up is that, like, I learned a lot, I would say, from my mother. Um, she was very, very, like, conservative with, like, and calculated with how she um, Spend spends money. money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's she's she was definitely a, this rice at home kind of, like, person. Uh, that's my mother, too. <laughs> right? I can still remember, like, sometimes after, like, church on Sunday, me and my little brother, like, when we were young, would be like, oh, let's go to McDonald's. My mom was like, McDonald's. <laughs> There's rice at home. There's rice at home. Yeah, I feel you. And so, um, and she was also someone who was very, like, calculated on, like, the amount of debt she would have, Mm. right? And and, and very, very smart with money. And so that kind of, like, like, seeped into, like, who I was as well growing up is that I saw, like, all debt as bad debt. Now I'm relearning that there is some good debt, you know? But um, there was a huge focus for me on like not having debt um, throughout my life as well as um, just mindfully spending Mm -hmm. um, on things like I didn't really spend on like random things. They were either like reinvesting either in like my education or like things that I know could help me more in the future. So that was my relationship with money growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the most pivotal moment, as I was like telling you earlier, was in grade nine, like I was 14. I really wanted to go to Kenya uh, for a humanitarian trip. Now, yeah. like a little bit yeah. more educated. <laughs> I know that those trips yeah. aren't all the best. Yeah. But my 14 year old was like, yo, together we can change the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, a what, what would you call it? Like colonization, you know? Voluntourism. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Um, and so anyway, I went, um, but it was like $5,000 to go. Oh, wow. Those trips are expensive I didn't know they were that and much. not accessible Mm-mm, at all. There aren't. Were you at a private school or something? No. Oh, okay. I went to a public school. Oh, interesting. Um, but like my elementary school teacher that like brought it in, um, was in contact with like an organization out of like Alberta or something like that. So okay. um, we did it with like an outside organization. Anyway, so yeah, it was quite a lot of money. And my mom was at first, no, but my dad is like, no, you got this girl. And so me and my mom like created like a temporary baking business to raise <laughs> money for it. Wow. Um, and so again, huge shout out to my mom. We would like make like hundreds of um, meat pies during wow. the weekend wow. and then and you know how long meat pie takes right. to make that's effort it's effort that's and effort. then we would sell it at church um and again huge shout out to like um that church i went to at that at that phase in my life um because people would take the orders but they would also like like give me way Extra more money, yeah. than like the meat pies were costing them. Me and my dad would drive it because I couldn't drive at that time yeah. and like deliver them together. Uh-huh. And I was able to raise all the money I needed to go. So you've been a hustler from time. Uh, from time. <laughs> and it just clicked for me. I think at that young age that it's not that there's never money. It's just that you need to be resourceful on how to find it. Mm. So that's kind of like how my mindset with money began. Hmm, wow, interesting. That's that's good to know. And so, yeah, I, I guess that instance really shaped your child, uh, shaped how you think about money to this day. Oh, yes. And we can see that in the scholarships that you got. <laughs> yeah. I went to school. I like it's a privilege to say, but I wasn't even like a 
thinking like, let me apply to scholarships. Cause I was like, oh, my parents, like, you know, they, they covered that. But my friend actually, she did the same thing. She paid for her entire university with scholarships. And I was like, wait, what? These are options. So only after first year, I was like, wait, why don't I just go and find, but it was hard. So I'm hope I'm going to learn some tips, even though I'm not going back to school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to learn some tips from you today. So when it was time to graduate high school and go to university, why did you decide where Okay, where did you decide to go and then why did you decide to go there? So great question. And it's funny when people ask this question because I'm like, I'm not like speaking down on Saskatchewan. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was my last choice. So I really wanted to go to McGill Mm -hmm. um, or UBC. And I got acceptance at both schools. Um, In fact, my parents like forced me to apply to the University of Saskatchewan. (laughs) Um, And at the end of the day, I I chose U of S because of like, again, coming back, I didn't want debt and I was nervous about how much money Mm. um, it would be for me to be out of province. And then my dad also like kind of raised like, it's better to be um, a big fish in a small pond than like, of like in a larger and yeah. not like in yeah. retrospect i don't know if i would fully agree yeah. but at that <laughs> point in my life i think it served what it needed to do and mm-hmm. so that's why i went to the university of saskatchewan okay were you living at home still and commuting there? no no so it would have been the same amounts yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was at, like i was out of province so like i, I mean out of the, the city so okay, okay. i still had to pay for like rent yeah. accommodation food so it was yeah. literally the same yeah. price as going to mcgill yeah, yeah. but i guess uh, yeah, McGill's not, it's cheaper. Like, Quebec is cheaper, right? Hmm. Girl, I know. Hmm. I know. Well, well, you, you went and, yeah, okay. Did you just, so I was, actually, I think that you answered my question. You decided to go there because of cost. That was a big factor in it. Yeah. But it ended up being about the same price yeah. anyways. Okay. <laughs> and then upon entering university, did you decide that you were going to graduate debt-free? Like, was that, was that the goal or was it something that you realized over time? Yeah, so I realized... Like, right, I would say in grade 11 that I wanted to graduate there free. And what kind of, like, guided that decision would be a few things. So, yes, the Kenyan trip in grade 9. But then I also did a number of, like, educational trips in grade 10, 11, and 12. Mm-hmm. And when I say that there are lots of free resources, especially when you're a student, so uh, several. Mm-hmm. So mm, I had a really good relationship with uh, my guidance counselors in um, high school because a girl is a keener. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I was saying, like, I own it with my chest. I'm a nerd. And so um, my um, guidance counselor at that time, like, she was like, hey, like, there's this trip coming up, um, United Nations Educational Pilgrimage for Youth. Mm-hmm. Why don't you, like, sign up, apply, and go? I went, got in, um, did the entire trip, paying zero dollars, mind wow. you. It was like for I think 13 days we went from like Ottawa all the way to the US, like on a bus with like kids from like different parts of the world, wow. Switzerland, um, different parts of the US as well, mm-hmm. Australians. So it was again another free resource. Yeah. Take that note if you want to. United Nations educational pilgrimage for youth is mm-hmm. completely covered. And then I did another one um called um Junior Team Canada, where I was representing um, different sectors of the Saskatchewan economy in China. Oh, um, you in went 2014. To China. Yeah. Wow. Again, I, this is so you were in university at this point, or you were in high no, school? No, this is me in high school. Wow, look at you! <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was in high school, and then when I also did that trip, I realized something, and and at that trip, I was interacting with a lot of kids from the GTA area, mm-hmm. from like Mississauga, um, as well as like Montreal as yeah. well. And sorry, and for those who don't know, because this is a global podcast, you know, the <laughs> GTA is Greater Toronto Area. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, a lot of them were a few years ahead of me, right? So I was starting to see like how a number of them were kind of positioning and using their community involvement as well as like extracurricular activities Mm. as a way to find more resources to get education for free. Mm. So that's when I realized, okay, this could be done again, completely for free. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's when I, um, I decided was in grade 11 Mm. from 
interacting with kids from different parts of the world. And you're already ahead of the game because, I, again, I don't think most of us were thinking grade 11, I need to go to school and graduate debt-free. Like, most yeah. people, I think a lot of people chose the most expensive university because that's the place they wanted to go as far from home as possible, <laughs> you know? So you were, you were definitely thinking yeah. way, way ahead. But I was going to ask, how did you find that United Nations? Like, how did you even find out about the program? Great question. Yeah, so it was through my guidance counselor mm -hmm. and... um. I don't know how it is now in high schools, um, but I was also really keen on like looking at opportunity postings that the guidance counselors would have in their like office. office okay. Right. So that's how I um, learned about um, that one. I also did another one with Oxbridge Academic Programs okay. um, at Columbia University. A month there. Paid entirely what? nothing. Um, All this in high school? In high school. And then I also did AP classes, uh -huh. which I encourage um, anyone to do. AP or um, advanced placement and IB as well. And what I was able to do was, since I scored well on psychology and math, not English, <laughs> um, I didn't have to take those courses in university. Mm. And then I did another human rights course through the University of Winnipeg. It's called Emerging Issues in Human Rights, and I encourage anyone to also apply for that one. It's completely covered. You get two um, university credits completely covered, and I think it's now done by a woman that is, um, she's a senator right now. Um, so yeah, before I entered uni, I already had You're five classes done. What? So did for you graduate free. early? No. Okay. We can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, okay, so now this is the main crux of everything, okay. you know. Tell us, how did you graduate without debt? Th this, is, this is the question. This is the question. Yes. Okay, so I, I when I was sitting down and writing this, I was like, okay, how do I break it down? Because sometimes I could be a little bit scatterbrained. <laughs> um, so definitely one of the things that helped the most was my parents, right? Um, my mom already had like, I think, 11k saved through like resp mm -hmm. and so um that and, also and resp for those who don't know is registered education savings plan which is basically how you can go to university uh, your parents can save for you to go to university or invest for you yeah okay thank you thank you so that really helped and then of course those programs that i mentioned like doing those in high school again advanced placement ib um as well as the human rights course through the university of winnipeg um, and then the next thing is that I had a scholarship from the Terry Fox um, Foundation called Terry Fox Humanitarian Award, okay, um, which was like twenty eight k. So like Ooh. that, that paid for a, a bulk of it, you yeah, know? Yeah, um, that's was, a big bulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like seven um, k, like over four years mm -hmm. uh, for like my involvement in community um, as well as humanitarian stuff. Wow. Um, and then the thing I also did was like, I took advantage of like different, like, I wouldn't say loopholes, but gaps in the school system. <laughs> okay. Um, and I say that because like, for example, um, my, I studied economics and it was in the arts and science department. Okay. Right. But there's also a different like department called, um, STM. It's like a smaller college within like the larger university. And I think every university has this. Mm -hmm. um, and I applied also to be a student there. Okay. And what that allows me to do then is have a wider pool of scholarships to apply for. Wow, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so... How did, uh, so wait, how did you apply to be a student at this random co uh, this college within your university? How does that work? Th through my um, university portal, Right. Because, like, a lot of Canadian universities will have, like, the main university, mm -hmm. but they will have a college within it. Yeah. And that's it. Oh. So, mm -hmm. the only requirement was I had to be a University of Saskatchewan. So, there so there that's are it. scholarships that are specific to these colleges. Exactly. Huh. Okay. Tip. Write that down, everyone. Listen. Write Very that down. Very specific. And all you have to do sometimes is take a course um, within that college. But those are courses that I would need anyway Anyways, yeah. for my degree. Hmm. And so, for example, like I took a few econ classes there. Mm -hmm. And then when it came time to apply for scholarships, they had one specifically for econ students within that college. And mind you, because it's a smaller college within the... Less people applying? Sally. Huh. 
See? You're, you're, you're smart. You're smart. This makes sense. It makes sense. I, I wish I could go back to university and do all this. <laughs> okay. And But how did you even find all of those courses, like the scholarships anyways? Was it all through university portals and different things like yeah, that? Yeah. So um, another thing I did was I would constantly like look at the university portal mm-hmm. like every kind of like every semester like summer spring fall and winter mm-hmm. and see when the deadline of the scholarship is as well as um not only deadlines is something else i was gonna say oh my gosh anyway deadlines and the criteria <laughs> and, yeah criteria like which ones would apply to me mm-hmm. So that I can plan ahead of time. I think one of the things that stops a lot of people from applying for scholarships is that by the time you see it and you look at, there's this essay, I need a letter of recommendation. Exactly. Who am I going to go to? Like, it makes planning for it harder. For 100%. That's, yep, yep, exactly. (laughs) It's hidden? Yeah, it's hidden. (laughs) So, yeah, I I, I highly encourage for people to, like, look ahead of time, like the Mm. beginning of each semester, Mm because then you can plan for when you need it and... Trust me, if you ask any one of your professors for a letter of recommendation, they will give it to you. If you're a keener, though, you- maybe, or anybody, because I feel like if you don't have 10 class and you you slack off. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, maybe you're a keener. Yeah. I didn't have, like, the best relationship with every single one of my professors, mm-hmm. but there were, like, two, three where I was like, okay, you know what? I like you as a person, mm-hmm. and, like, if I went to, like, your, like, office hours, you actually give me help yeah not not you know custom professors yeah anyway um, good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the ones that you have a good relationship with um they will give you a, a recommendation letter okay good to know so check um those oh i have more tell us there's also um i'm taking notes scholarships like tied specifically to volunteer and extracurricular involvement so my um extracurricular involvement was like specifically had to do with like economic development, mm-hmm. um, volunteering and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there are also ones very specific to like students who are in like more, I don't know, like art things. Like if you're someone who is like in the digital or like physical art, there's mm-hmm. specific scholarships for that or for people that are in sports. There's also specific um, yeah. scholarships for that. So um, that's another thing I did. And then lastly was also scholarships based on demographics and now more than ever, this is huge. If you're a black or brown student listening to this, take notes. Because more and more as like companies and organizations are trying to trying um, to get better <laughs> at diversity, equity, and inclusion, yeah. there are actual like dollars going towards this space, yeah, right? Exactly. And so if you're someone in like, I don't want to say visible minority yeah but. underrepresented people or as underestimated people. Uh, yeah underestimated yeah. i love that <laughs> <laughs> there are scholarships directly um involved in this not yeah on a needs basis but also on a professional basis okay yeah so if you're someone who for example is trying to get into tech or business finance mm-hmm. or anything in stem i have been yeah. finding so many scholarships right now that mm-hmm. i'm like Oh my goodness, I wish like this was available when I was I um, in, in uni. That's so true because even I went to Schulich, the School of Business at York University. And last year I was on one of the boards uh, to help with DEI as well. Yeah. And we actually created a scholarship specifically for black students. So when I was there, there were like how many? Three black students. The whole, And now they're like, we, we need black students. We also need to... Fund, we need to actually give them money to ensure because mm-hmm. obviously it's 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 more expensive than the other parts of the school. So some people even just chose not to go to Shulik as because of the mm. cost, right? So now they're like, let's break down that barrier here for how many students can come for free, That's basically. Beautiful. Yeah. So good to know. Good to it know. It is. Yes. And like even like the big like banks or yes. um institutions nowadays does it like Bank of Canada, all like the four big banks do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them won't only give you just a scholarship mind mm-hmm. you it's tied with an internship yeah. and mentorship right so it also starts giving you a leg up with like your network and opening doors for like post-grad mm-hmm. what are the opportunities like you can step into so highly encourage people to do that yes and then the fourth way um <laughs> <laughs> i love it we're, we're writing this down we're it's like internships down. right of so course. um right off the bat 
I knew I wanted to take econ, but I was like, okay, what does this mean in real life? Like, again, I'm a keener, but <laughs> it needs to make sense. The of math course. has to math away. <laughs> and I first started interning with, like, the government. But now I'm like... <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. But um, they pay well. Yeah. If you find good internships, they pay well. I've heard. Um, And so that was a way I would you know, save that money up from the summer of four months of working and mm -hmm. then direct that back into like whatever expenses um, that I had. Yeah. And then if there were other things that I did, what was it? I started working at startups as well. And we can maybe go into that later mm -hmm. and asking professors to um, TA, although they didn't do it uh, for undergrad students. Usually it's for grad students, but Hey, it never Hurts it doesn't ask. hurt. Yeah. I asked and I got it. Yeah. One thing I want to know about the scholarships, going back to that, is did you apply for scholarships that you weren't qualified for? Yes. Because my friend, she's she's gotten over a million dollars in scholarships. Oh, my. Yeah, a million dollars in scholarships. And she actually would apply. Like, say there's a Jewish a scholarship that's just for Jewish students. She would still apply for it. Oh, because okay. if it goes on claimed then she can still get it is that is that something you've ever done no okay, okay so no i didn't do that because okay. i don't know yeah. i was just like it's not for me it's not for me yeah. if they didn't say, it's not for me if it says it's for like for example indigenous student, i'm not indigenous fair i'm not, enough. Go, I'm fair not enough. going to apply for it fair even enough. though sometimes scholarships will go unclaimed yeah right um but i i never applied for the okay. ones that didn't apply for me okay um another route that i did take though is like looking at professional specific scholarships so mm -hmm. like because i was in economics it deals with a little bit of, a little bit of business finance so um export development canada actually has a really really good scholarship that they give out every year about like four thousand to like 28 students oh. so i encourage people to apply a lot for that one mm -hmm. um as well as, again, the more I realized that I was, like, I liked economics, I also applied for, like, specifically ones tied to that profession, mm -hmm. which is available for every profession. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, good to know. I also want to know about the scholarships. And I know you you applied for a lot of them that were, you found them in your school's portal or whatever it is, but did you apply for ones that were external to your school? Oh, yes. And how, how, how do we find those? Great question. So, I... Over time, I started tailoring, like, my digital, like, social media experience to, so, like, what I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is very huge. So during the time that Facebook was still a thing, because <laughs> I think it's not as much anymore, I, there were, like, specific Facebook groups that I would follow mm -hmm. um, that would, like, constantly post, like, scholarships or professional development opportunities for Canadian students all across mm -hmm. Canada. Um, I also started um, following people, especially on LinkedIn yeah. um, and seeing other people's LinkedIn profile and, and what they are applying to. And then I would note that down for myself, like, OK, make sure to check this scholarship out mm -hmm. um, later on. Another way I found scholarships as well um, was honestly, I would just check Google. Like yeah. Google was my best friend in that sense, too, was just like scholarships for like econ students scholarships for ca canadian students mm -hmm. and usually again there's a huge list yeah i will say now that there's the word of like instagram and tiktok highly encouraged to like follow pages dedicated to that mm -hmm. because a lot of people are constantly posting um those as well so yeah okay. so i know that you got a lot of scholarships but what about the international students who maybe aren't able to get scholarships because they're not a permanent resident or they're not a canadian citizen is there a way for them to get any scholarships? Yeah, so absolutely there is um, mm -hmm. because a number of the scholarships uh, that is tied to the university will actually be like specifically like academic related. Okay. And it, they won't require you to be like a permanent resident. International students can apply and like which a number of people that I interacted with um, did and they, they got the scholarship. So for international students, again, I would highly encourage you to make sure you stay updated with mm -hmm. like every semester what um, scholarships that apply to you and then apply for the ones that are like, of course, academic based, but also beyond academic base is that international students be involved in your 
community. campus community because yeah. there's also a lot of scholarships in that arena mm-hmm. and i can't speak for all universities but I, I i would say in my own university um initially i didn't see a lot of like international students especially i would say nigerian international students being involved yeah. within um whether it's like campus clubs student groups and things like that mm-hmm. They are so important because they actually allow you to gain further opportunities yeah. and get money <laughs> to pay for your school. Yeah. Um, because that's a lot of like the criteria yeah. that a lot of these scholarships require is campus involvement. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Because honestly, when I was starting to look for scholarships, they're like, we want to see someone who's had an impact on the Nigerian community by doing this. And I was like, hey, I, <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> so couldn't apply for that, yeah. you know? So, okay, that's good to know. And yeah. are there certain tips that you would give people in order to, like, stand out on these applications or your scholarship application? Is there, like, a, a formula to... Oh, to yeah, get- there's a formula. There oh. definitely is a formula. Okay. And, oh, my goodness, it's going to sound a little bit like airy-fairy, but... <laughs> Be authentic. (laughs) (laughs) And I say that in my most basic voice, but it's not basic. In the sense that when scholarship applications are asking for essays Mm -hmm. or a personal statement, that's where you can really differentiate yourself. Yeah. As someone who's been on like both sides of the table, either like picking selecting but also applying. Lots of people apply to scholarships. Mm -hmm. But I believe there are a few things you can do to make yourself stand out, right? The number one thing is like tell your story. Yeah. Like your story storytelling is so so key and important mm-hmm. because number one that's how we connect as human beings like yeah. from the dawn of time. Yeah. And your story also shows the person that's reading the application on, on kind of like why you deserve it. A lot of like scholarships selection is not just based on like okay, who has the highest yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> highest grade. No, it's like okay, um sharing your personal story on like your why why are you applying for this scholarship but like what motivates you in life what is motivating you to study what you're taking um what is also motivating you um to like build a better vision whatever that larger vision is it could be uh, about your community it can be about your Um, industry and your profession Mm -hmm. or it can be about something personal maybe you're the first person in your family to go to a university and get you know a a university degree Mm -hmm. i think that's also very important to like share yeah um because the more vulnerable you are i'm not saying to milk your story (laughs) but also milk your story (laughs) no because really um there are people that are not sometimes are not doing half of what you're doing and i say you as in like especially BIPOC community immigrant community Mm -hmm. like a lot of us have gone through a lot or our parents have gone through a lot Mm -hmm. and that is part of your story and there's no shame in owning it own it there's no shame in owning it and so um that's what I would encourage and also always tie back on like how the scholarship will help you to get where you want, want to, to be go. okay because a huge part of like the selection area is is like okay whoever we're kind of like investing are we investing in their potential yeah and people want to know good people people yeah. want to to be associated yeah with it's like yeah people, it's like you know, oh you see the ceo yeah the ceo of this company was the winner exactly. the winner of a scholarship that we gave them 10 years ago right exactly they always do that exactly. and that's the reason why right exactly. so okay. that's those are the tips i would mention okay sounds good mm, lots of tips and I, I didn't tell you send you this question in advance, but oh. I want to I, I was looking on your Instagram for Strive Up and I saw that you graduated. You got a few jobs after you graduated. Yeah. And then you recently got a sixty percent pay bump. So she's about her money, not just in school, but now okay. she's about her money. So can you tell us how how this happened? If that if 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 that's something you're comfortable sharing, like how do we get to the money? Ew. Please tell us. Oh, where the money reside, where the money reside. <laughs> Um, I will say that, again, having like that experience in uni helped in terms of like business development and um, communications. Mm -hmm. But I am a huge believer on being very unrealistic (laughs) about my goals. I love it. Delusion, right? Delusion. But like, it's not delusional because it's my own reality and I will create (laughs) my own reality. Period. Um, And when I really had that shift in thinking, Mm -hmm. 
I was like, okay, this is, I had a goal and target up for myself. Um, it's ironic. I was like literally doing my vision board in um, December 30th or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I switched my job literally February. I do not play games. And so once I had a vision of what I wanted, I literally like started looking for those um, opportunities. So love it. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I'm trying to give a really, <laughs> like, it's very broad answer, but uh -huh. a few, like, practical tips, like you always mentioned, make sure you, like, have open to, like, XYZ opportunity on always, your LinkedIn. Always, always. Um, Because a recruiter reached out, and then I started interviewing for, like, the new company mm. I am at. Okay. So that was a huge part of it. Number two is that, like, huh. Now that I realize it, I, I get what I get why people are like, oh, be careful about your circle or like not careful, but like intentionally choose who yeah. you're friends with. Yeah. Because when I also um, first like got the first offer and I remembered your video, do not accept the first <laughs> offer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I reached out to like someone who was like familiar with like, you know, yeah. negotiating mm -hmm. um, pay and like trying to like do that in a, a very... Um, diplomatic way mm -hmm. and so that's also how i was able to um get that so Love yeah for you and i know we didn't really touch on this but you did so it was fifty thousand dollars that you got in scholarships from academic and community scholarships yeah but then there was also twenty five thousand dollars in grants for professional development yes so where where did that come from um so um those grants um in professional development um were was really tied to the independent consulting part Ooh, so she's about her I'm money a, my goodness i hustled so <laughs> so because i loved econ but again i wanted the real world mm -hmm. and i love traveling yeah. and so a lot of like the extracurricular things i did third fourth and like my last year so i did my university in five years okay. um instead of a four years mm -hmm. is i traveled a lot and a lot of the traveling again was based on programs that were already in existence so I went back to China and did like a tech fellowship nice. program. Nice. Um, oh, international students can also apply for this. It's called the Cansbridge Fellowship. And take notes, guys. <laughs> it's called the Cansbridge Fellowship. And um, it was a scholarship, but also provided subsidies to like live in Asia and work there for like a whole summer. Mm. And then what I did on top of that was I contacted like startups and like organizations in my city to say like, hey, I can... Like, China is a growing um, economy. This is why you should, like, be looking at Chinese companies and, like, um, key decision makers there. I'm going to be there. Let's work together. I can come back, give you, a, like, market intelligence report, write a few wow. blog posts and articles. This is you in university. This is me in university, bruh, yes. Bruh. <laughs> even me now, I'm like, would I even do this? <laughs> and, they, and then I, I said a prize, and they say yes. And so I did that for China. I did that when I went to Nigeria as well. Mm -hmm. And then there's another program called Queen Elizabeth Scholar Program that anyone can apply to as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that lets you do like planetary health and like economic development research in African countries. So, okay. um, yeah, that's that's how I got those like grants and like um, clients in business development. And because like I also love the startup space, mm -hmm. I like had contacts then would like say, hey, I'm a student. You don't have like a student engagement plan for like your incubator, like work with me and we can get yeah, this done. I love it. And you shot your shot. I shot, I shot so many shots to the point that like even for my university, when I was doing all this trip, this trip, mm -hmm. trips, excuse me, I reached out to like the VP. I don't think he works there anymore, but he was like the assistant VP of communications. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm part of your university. This is a good story um, <laughs> that we can have on blog articles um, on the school. I can write them. Sponsor me. And they did. Oh, my and God. <laughs> okay. The moral of the story is shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Always. You, ne no, like, you never know. Okay. You really, yeah. truly never know. And again, this is where storytelling is so important. Mm -hmm. Email them. Send whatever collateral assets you have. Mm -hmm. And follow up consistently. One one thing I want to know is, since you're shooting your shot a lot, and I'm guessing that also came with some rejections. A whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> so 
how do you how do you overcome rejections and become comfortable with it? Because I know sometimes when you get rejected, if like you you apply for say um, a scholarship and you get rejected, and it's like they reject. It, sometimes it can feel like they're rejecting you rather than just rejecting your scholarship application or rejecting your job application. So how did you overcome this and keep shooting your shot despite that? I'm laughing because this is something I still struggle with. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. It, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Like, so difficult. There are so many scholarships that I applied to that I never got. Mm-hmm. Um, or people, I was like, oh, let's work together. And they were like, blatantly, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. For me, I always have this mindset that regardless, like, I'm going to get to my destination or my goal. Mm-hmm. And so that's the mindset that really helped me, number one. And then the second thing is I had to, at times, like check myself and remind myself that a no is not always a reflection of me, but an opportunity for feedback. Yeah. And so if someone was to say no, say that again, (laughs) preach, 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 preach. (laughs) A no is an opportunity for feedback. Mm -hmm. And so if sometimes someone said no, I would ask, okay, you know, I completely appreciate um, your feedback and getting back to me. Are you open to just quickly sharing why this is, you know, maybe not a good fit right now? Mm-hmm. And then they might go into like, oh, well, maybe your proposal was miss- missing this mm-hmm. or we can't do it. But this other company might be able to. Yeah. And so you actually get like little nuggets of either how to improve your craft. Yeah. Or somebody else that would give you a yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I've like. Yeah. Process rejection over the years. That's that's a good way. And yeah, same. I got rejected for this job that I re- I went like through like five interviews. And I was like, after those, in- I was like, okay, this hurts. It's but so then painful. the message that I sent them after thanking them for the opportunity and then asking for feedback, they gave me another job on the team. And nice. I was like, hmm. So now anytime someone says no, as I, as you said, I don't take it as rejection to me. It's like maybe there was just not a fit. Something something was off. And exactly. now I can take the feedback that they give and, you know, flip it, you know, yeah. next time. Flip next the time. script. Yeah. <laughs> so I also, we talked about a lot of good, but are there any mistakes you've made along the way when going through this whole scholarship journey of getting scholarships and things like that? Any mistakes that you've made? Mm, in life? A lot, yes. <laughs> um, and scholarships, um, I'm trying to think. I will say... I don't know. I don't think so. Like with scholarships specifically, no, because like I was a person. I'm very much a person and I don't want to do it as much anymore because a girl is tired. I want <laughs> stuff life. Um, was I left every single table unturned. Right? <laughs> I was like, how can I maximize any single resource out there? Yeah. And so I would say that just like made it um, easier. Well, not easier, but like um, did not leave room for much of, er- of error and then I was I'm also a recovering perfectionist and so I, I feel you. <laughs> and so with that as well I would say more of the mistake was just like mindset okay mindset in terms of no one situation is ever a do or die yeah right that's... and um there were times where certain opportunities or like scholarships I would apply to if I didn't get it again, coming back to rejection, at first I'll be like, oh my goodness, it's the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. I would get super emotional. Yeah. Very, very, like, cry a lot. Oh, I'm a cry. I cried a lot. Yo, and- girl, we are the same person. <laughs> I cried a same. lot. Yeah. Um, and, like, I, I was very reactionary and mm. I would overthink and over um, analyze those situations. Mm-hmm. Huge shout out to, the, like, the friends that were in my life. And my parents at that time that would like help me back up. Yeah. And so that would be the the, the biggest mistake I would say is just like um, not leaving room for me to be human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. If there's one piece of advice to make sure that students don't go broke trying to get their education, what what would that be? Okay. I have more than one. Is that okay? okay? Give it. A, give us all of them. Okay. Number one is that. Hmm, and some parents might not like me saying this. <laughs> University is not for everyone. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and I hope. Yeah, I agree. University is not for everyone. Yeah. Not that I'm saying that everyone can't finish with a university degree. No. But there is multiple paths yeah. to get to an end destination, mm-hmm. right? 
And university is not the only path. Let's be realistic, especially for some like professions that aren't like so institutionalized. Yeah. You do not need to go to university and rack up like so much debt. debt yeah. For an institution that doesn't guarantee you a good paying job. Yeah. Like, so consider polytechnics. Like, there's like, as Nigerians or like as Africans and immigrants, the word polytechnics, I don't know. It just, people can just (laughs) get scared. They don't want to do it. Yeah. But a lot of them actually invest a lot um, in industry ties to make sure that after you finish, like, maybe it's like a business admin um, certificate or whatever. You get a job like three months or six months right after, right? Yeah. So that's one um, tip. Another one is upskilling. Um, sometimes, again, you don't have to go back to school, especially with like how the job market is right now. Yeah. Is that it's our market? It is our market, right? So if you're considering going back to school, consider also what are some like skills and areas that I could upskill that the market is really in need for. And I could use that to get a job. Right. And there's so many of them right now. Yeah. For real. And then lastly, again, is for people that are more on like the creative and like unconventional plan. I mean, unconventional paths. Mm -hmm. Like, again, don't go broke. (laughs) Get in. studying engineering when you know you want to be a visual artist preach 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 right i I feel like sometimes yeah our parents are like pushing us to do that and sometimes we just have to get that degree to to um appease them you know but But for what for what for debt (laughs) to go into debt right to go into debt and then be miserable like the whole entire like four or five years you're in uni Mm -hmm. and i it plays so much on how well you do in university like i knew from high school me science no never (laughs) never like the last science class i took was chemistry grade 11 yeah like i never interacted with her again (laughs) i always knew i wanted something economics political science that was my vibe yeah and even when my parents challenged me on it because like everyone in my family's health yeah i said no this is what i'm going to do like hell no no yeah and i really think it's beautiful how i see in our generation like people really going after what they want yeah um because at the end of the day yes our parents want the best for us but we're in a different context an environment right and so if you want to be a visual artist digital marketing whatever it is go to udacity get maybe a micro um degree on on some of these things so like the Mm -hmm. world is really our oyster yeah um it's really about like how much are you willing to be resilient? Because yeah. it's difficult. I won't lie. Oh, mm-hmm. it's difficult. But honestly, sometimes disappoint your parents. Sometimes. Sometimes. Honestly, it's not even disappointing. Think, you disappoint them today, but three years later, oh, when yeah. you're making that money. Exactly. But you have, like, they'll be disappointed at first, and that's okay. That's exactly. actually okay. And that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually okay. It's You'll, okay. You, ha- you, have to, you have to do it sometimes. You have to. And, you know, disappointing them early is the key, because the earlier, the better. They, they get used to it once you start. They do get used to it. Because, like, at first, like, even with my trips or, like, when I would go for oh, conferences, gosh, yes. my mom would be like, no, you're traveling again, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. To the point that I would I'd start booking trips and, and not like, tell them. I not tell That's them. That's what I do. And I, I would get that. I'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in Boston for a conference. Yeah. <laughs> trust me. I, I, we are the same because it's like we have to disappoint from now. Because, Just do it. Yeah. But then now, like when I finish graduating and like, she's like, oh, I see it now. You know? <laughs> the fruits. God, you know? it was God guiding you. Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for telling us all these tips no and tricks. Problem. I'm going to... Everyone, I'm going to try and put all the links in the description box. Hopefully, I'll remember all the all the websites that you mentioned. It's okay. I can also send them. Okay. That would be really helpful. Yeah. Thank you. I wanted you to plug yourself. Let us know where we can find you. If you want people to find you, of course. Um. Yeah. I want to be found on select places. Yeah. So, let me say it. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Dolakwafadare. That's D-O-L-A-P-O-F-A-D-A-R-E. Um, on LinkedIn. And then, if you also want to be updated on, like, different career opportunities, scholarships, um, with a mix of like mindfulness and travel, uh, follow at Strive Up, which is like 
strive and then OPP. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you can find me. And I'll leave all those links in the description. Not description. I'm so used to YouTube. I'll leave all those links in the show notes. That's what it's called. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. No worries. And everyone, we're going to have another episode right after this. So make sure you listen. And Dilap is going to be doing a Q&A, answering a lot of the questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> she didn't know, but yeah. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Au revoir. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed and learned something new that will help you not go broke. If you like listening to this podcast, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you're listening and leave us a review. You should also share the love. We don't believe in hoarding knowledge over here. So if you learn something, take a screenshot and share this podcast on your Instagram story, tagging at don't go broke trying and at XLRenny. I would love to reshare. You can use the hashtag DGBTPod on Twitter to continue the conversation. And if you have a dilemma or a question about money that you would like answered, please email us at DGBT at ReniTheResource.com. This episode was brought to you by Lemonade Finance. Use my code XORENI for 10% cash back. This episode was produced by Pascal Adeshina with music by Wonder Girl.